8. Aquí viene Luis Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Colorful Kid Podcast. Tonight it's just me, Raul, and we have Brian in Chile, Arizona. Yes, freezing cold here. What's the... I think I looked it up because I was curious. The the high, the lowest of the highs for the next week is 108 degrees. Uh, It might even be... Yeah, r- roughly so. But I, I still think it'll be hotter than that. But yeah, just... uh. Got the fans going, try to stay hydrated, so I just legitimately don't die this June. Does Mexico have any games in Phoenix this year in the Gold Cup? Uh, or Glendale, if, whatever? If, yeah, if they if they advance in the Gold Cup, which would be a disaster if they don't, then they are 100% playing a knockout game in uh, the University of Phoenix Stadium. How's the AC in that stadium? Actually, pretty. it's pretty nice. Yeah, last year at the the Uruguay game um, for the Copa America, it was a uh, it, it went smoothly, even though it was 118 outside. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I was complaining about mid 90s, so I'm done complaining. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's a nice stadium. I can't wait till they play there again. It's always a good, always a good showing. And crowds are always good. Um, yeah. Speaking of good showings, Mexico two, Portugal two. Um, what are your initial thoughts of that game? Uh, to be honest, the game didn't really go as I thought. I thought it'd be a little bit more dominance from Portugal, but it was actually the first 20 minutes. It was Mexico bringing the ball up, trying to make something happen. Um, obviously, when Portugal got those counterattacks, they were a little unnerving. Um, but I, if Mexico lost that game, I would have been heartbroken because I think they played a very good game. And um, when you've got a lot of talent like we do, on the field, you want to get a result, and a 2-2, I mean, to start off, that's not bad, especially looking at the rest of the group stage. So I thought it was a good game. Um, some things could be fixed. Uh, I think there was a little bit of nerves, especially from a few players, but hopefully they'll play through that and then uh, hit a rhythm here going into Wednesday. Yeah, did you – they came out – that with that super high line, like Osorio came out and he was going to try to take it to them. Just He was not backing down. They were high pressing. I don't think Ronaldo touched the ball for the first 15, 20 minutes of the game. It was just, right. he was just a ghost. Well, the thing that was really was fun to watch was um, the, the interceptions. I mean, the way we were closing down on players and just getting the ball back, It's it was like, wow, like this is usually the opposite. Usually, you know, the teams are taking it away from us and we're trying to fight back with possession, but... Yeah, they were just they were just kind of launching the ball down, hoping Ronaldo, Ronaldo would get it. Granted, you know, they did get, get a couple opportunities uh, later on, but yeah, I was like, I was pretty pleased with the, the how it started off. There was it was kind of like they were just going back to what they're used to doing. So, yeah, it was it was pretty good from that standpoint. Yeah, I feel the same way. But I watched, I pretty much watched all of Portugal's games in the Euro Cup last summer, and that's. Pretty much how they played against everyone else. They kind of just waited, waited, mm-hmm. and then they would hit you on the counter, and next thing you know, it was 2-0. I mean, that's... Yeah. They got Ronaldo. He's arguably... I'm not going to get into the arguments, but he's one. He's top two player in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes them deadly on, on a lot of a lot of other factors, too, like set pieces. I, like I, Every time there's a corner kick, I, I freak out. I'm like, please mark everybody. But, <laughs> like, please just mark somebody, because, you know, we've seen those defensive errors where it's just like oh man how did you leave that dude open 
Yeah, set pieces always scare me when it comes to Mexico, but <laughs> we kind of turned the tables around. I mean, for I, I mean, early on I thought we wasted some set pieces, but later on in the game we had pretty good service. We were attacking them, and then ultimately Hector Moreno with that amazing header goal. I mean, that whole goal is just insane in itself. I mean, the way Jonah sent it in, it had the perfect trajectory, um, just perfect, like speed right to his head and he had a he literally had a hand on his head while he heads it that's how insane that goal was but um everything worked out for that and the strange thing is mexico's been scoring on corners which is completely bizarre mexico doesn't score on corners so to see see them scoring on corners is just like how is this possible (laughs) it's the power of osorio yeah uh, speaking of story, how would you think about his tactics? Like we talked about early on, he they were high pressing. They kind of backed off on that a little bit as the game went on, but they were still very active. They were trying to cut the ball to get to the wings. They were trying to intercept, and they they were, I mean there was granted there was a ton of space behind the Mexico defense that made me a little nervous. But overall, what do you think of his tactics going into this game? I, I really didn't have much to complain with. Um, I think we were a little bit slow. Um, granted, like, like we were saying, Portugal did have a lot of, a lot of people back. Um, I think we were just a tad bit slow on those kind of one, two passes. I think there was one play Cheech turned and he just didn't see a person making a, maybe it was Vela, maybe it was Raul making a run. And I was like, ah, we're just like one step a little bit too, too slow, but everything else I was pretty good with. The only, the only times I got a little bit. Uh, I was a little uh, disappointed was the substitution uh, of Vela. I thought he was really keeping the pressure on Portugal, especially after that goal, right, to Chicharito. Beautiful play. After that, they were kind of like, oh, man, this guy, this guy's nothing to be, you know, can't let, can't let him alone. Especially we almost set up, set up Chicharito again, Vela to Raul, Raul, and then Chich skied it. But, you know, he was he was making things happen. And um, I just didn't, I think that was my biggest complaint was the Vela sub, um, but you know, it's, you know, luckily we still didn't. It wasn't completely uh, damaging. We still walked away with a point against arguably the favorites of the of the tournament. Yeah, that's one thing to keep in mind. I mean, some people say Germany's the favorites, but I don't think those people realize that Germany did not send their A team, and not even whatsoever. Yeah, no, so. We'll see, um, but yeah, his tactic. Like I agree with everything you said, and those subs when he put in Peralta for the last sub. When he put in Gio, okay, let's back up. When he put in Gio Favela, I was just like, "What are you doing? Like you're taking mm-hmm. out your best player for uh, for Gio." I have nothing against Gio, but Vela was just playing so well, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And then I calmed down. I'm like, "All right, it's a tournament. That's fine. We'll deal with it." And then. I'm thinking, all right, it's 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 a uh, Lozano time, tricky time, and then yeah. he puts in Peralta, and I just, oh my god, I, yeah, I was I was I beside myself. Sure about that, I wasn't sure about that sub. But I was thinking maybe, hmm, you put in a player like that who's not afraid to drop, but I'm like, uh, I'd, it's a strange substitution. I, and I will also say this: I'm still not a fan of Raúl and Chicharito in a 4-3-3 or a 3-4-3. I, because I, one of those guys ends up going wide or drifts, and I'm kind of like, it's, it's, a lot of times it's Raul, and Raul's 
almost at midfield, passing back to um, one of the defenders. I'm like, you're kind of wasting this dude's, you know, his his power, which is up front. Uh, he he can hold the ball, make a turn, try to get a header, and uh, it, it, I, I'm glad it worked out for for the most part. But I'm still not a fan of that that lineup. Granted, we are missing one of our best players in Corona, but you know, for some reason, I just yeah that four three three or three four three with those those two up there, for some reason, it feels like somebody's being wasted. Yeah, it's almost like he just shoot if he finds a way to shoehorn Jimenez in there, which I like, but I mean. Well, I guess we'll talk about it when we talk about the New Zealand game, but mm-hmm. I'm just not sure who else we put in there. But, I mean, I guess we, we kind of talked about Vela as one of the standout players. Anyone else stand out to you? Obviously, Jonah. Um, I thought until the second goal that Herrera was playing really well. Um, I think he maybe had one really bad pass. It didn't It didn't end up hurting us. I mean, it could have, but it, it didn't. Uh, obviously, the second goal was a bizarre deflection off him, and then... I don't know if you saw the replay. It really wasn't a goal. It was more of an own goal because it didn't look – I think he was trying to make a pass and it went off uh, Herrera's foot. But for the most part, Herrera was doing well. He was bringing the ball up, you, you know, went from Ochoa to Herrera. Herrera brought it up and he would either push out to wing or try to make a play forward. I thought he was doing pretty well. Um, and he's not afraid to drop back either. Um, another, you know, um, obviously Chicharito with, with a great goal. Um, he had a couple plays where I, I remember, do you remember the play where he intercepted the ball? He got called for a foul. Um, but it, it really, it, he pretty stole, he stole it pretty cleanly. Um, yeah, I know you're talking I think, about. Yep. Yep. I mean, if he, if he's not called for that, he's off to the races. So I thought his hustle was really good. He had a really good defensive play. <laughs> he dropped really far back. Um, I know some people weren't happy with Layun in the offense, but I think he dropped back really good on a few plays too. So, I mean, not, he wasn't a standout. The standouts were Vela, Jonah, and of, of course the goal scorer and Chicharito. But um, yeah, that's for those standouts. I would, I would say that. I thought Ochoa had a good game too. I mean, he didn't have oh, too oh. much to do, but when he when he did have something to do, he stepped up and that save that that save right before the second goal that was huge. Well, it, it, the, my mistake too. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. The score wasn't fair to him because he, they, even in the first half, he made this play, this sliding play, where he made himself big, just blocked the ball out. Like that's a huge play because that guy. I mean, the, the Portugal player, he's in an incredibly dangerous area, and then that header, that was a huge. That's like a, a replica of the uh, the Neymar header. So I mean, <laughs> you can never, you can't, you can't ignore those plays that ended up being massive. You know, it was it was just an entertaining game, just back and forth. It was yeah for neutrals, they were people were loving it. <laughs> it's a really fun game. Now the flip side. Who were the weaknesses, and why was it Carlos Salcido at right back? Yeah, it was it was definitely Salcido. I'm not sure what he was doing on that play. Uh, it was a little scary that he missed it that bad. Um, something in that header that went that went backwards. It was he looked off. Now I do want him to get another shot on Wednesday, but for some reason he was just. Not clicking like I, I think he played on the right um, before and he looked decent. This time he just he looked just. This is not a Concacaf opponent though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not. He looked definitely out of sorts. And then honestly, when Gio came in, I was trying to give him the, the benefit of the doubt. Um, I was waiting for one of those big plays where like he kind of breaks free 
and maybe holds it up and then passes off. But those plays never really showed up. He kind of wasn't trying to make any special moves when he would receive the ball, kind of just turn back and drift a little bit. There was that there was- one, one where he was cutting in from the right side, and he kind of had two guys. He probably could have passed it off. And then he decided to shoot it, but then the ball caught, got caught a little bit underneath him, and he kind of just oh, yeah. shanked it. Yeah, and there, there was another play. Um, it looks like it was a, a mistake by Layun, where he crossed it ahead of him to the right side, but he was looking at Gio to just meet up to the to the cross, and Gio kind of was like, "I, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't gonna run to, to get it." You know what I mean? I was like, Man, something was off. Um, and, I, and that's that. That was that's what made that sub kind of frustrating because Vela didn't look hurt, didn't look tired, and he was really dominating on that right side. In um, you know other weaknesses, um, nobody was outside of maybe Salcedo's just kind of bizarre mistakes. Nobody was overly you know stood stood out too much. You know what I mean? When you play a game like that against a really tough opponent. You know, you you can see off the bat who's really bad, but it seemed like people on this team were getting their their sorts together as the game went on. One thing that I noticed is it wasn't it didn't seem like the players were afraid to make a mistake. It seems mm-hmm. like Osorio is kind of giving them that confidence where, hey man, we're gonna try stuff. Like in the grand scheme of things, this isn't the World Cup, but I mean, like you said, like we talked about the at the beginning of the show. He's not scared to go toe-to-toe. Most managers, oh, we're playing Portugal. Let's play five in the back, three D-mids. Let's just, you know, mm-hmm. let's try to wait for play for a tie until the last 10 minutes or so. That was not the case. So it seems like these players are not scared to make a mistake. I mean, granted, uh, Salcedo did make a couple mistakes. And, but, I mean, at the same time, that's not his natural position. So how much of that do we blame him and how much of that does it go to towards Osorio? I think there's a mixture of both. Um, but like I said, I still want to see Salcedo play in this next game because I think he deserves to get the benefit of the doubt because we have seen him play very well. So, I mean, you got a guy that is as big as a presence as Ronaldo in front of you. Hey, you, you're you're bound to make at least one, one or two hiccups. But, um, yeah, I still would like to see him in the the plans you know what i mean yeah and like you're talking about on that error by salcedo as soon as ronaldo had the ball all of mexico's defense shaded right towards him and he made that pass i mean people want to get on moreno saying moreno's out of position but when (laughs) when ronaldo has the ball and he's got some space you're gonna want to help your teammate right right um I, i think by the time he realized it he didn't see Quaresma, and I think he was waiting for somebody to come through through the middle. And by the time, I, you know, it, beautiful pass by Ronaldo, and just an outstanding goal overall. So I mean, it it, it happens in the blink of an eye. You know what I mean? Uh, he wasn't making like massive mistakes when they would they would initiate the counter. You know what I mean? He wasn't like leaving people unmarked. So I mean, can't blame him totally. Uh, I didn't uh, the initial the initial closing in on Ronaldo was a little bit worrying just because I'm like uh, they got a lot more dangerous players than just him you better watch out and then uh, you know they paid the price but when they went down um, I wasn't totally panicked uh, I was afraid that it was it was going to get even more defensive by Portugal but 
Mexico didn't they didn't sleep after that. They didn't go, oh, you know, geez, Portugal scored. Like they stepped they, they stepped it up still. You know, they kept going after him. And eventually that really good goal from uh from Vela to Cheech, I mean, it was beautiful. But that was also off of a mistake. The first two goals mm-hmm. were off of kind of bad mistakes, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a wild cross in from Jimenez went up the uh, Portugal player right to um, Vela. But man, what a, I mean, once he had it, a beautiful loft to, the, uh, to Chicharito. And what uh, a, he got so much power on that header in such a small I, amount of space. I, I wa- yeah, I watched it several times. I'm like, man, he put it perfectly so the keeper could not, could, no, no chance. It was. It was in, it was in, it was perfect. Yeah, there was nothing that goalie could do. He looked at it and just waved waved at it basically. And I and, I, and interestingly, he scored against a former teammate. You know, uh, Pepe was was marking him on that. That was pretty uh, interesting of a you know scenario. <laughs> yeah, Pepe. Yeah, he always looks mad. Oh, he was he was not happy after that. Surprisingly, nothing too dirty in that game well, from either side. Yeah, really. and like I kept preaching it, and it actually happened like the seventy-third minute. But Mexico only had one yellow card. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was which, was which was kind of a silly one by Guardado, but I get think I think he just wanted to just slow that play down. Ronaldo was getting ahead of steam, um, going to the to the area there. Yeah, uh, yeah, but. But you, you, I feel like in these tournaments, someone always gets a dumb yellow card, and next thing you know, we're playing without one of our best players because he just talked back to the ref, or which is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Now, without for the next game, would do you do you put in Guardado with the risk of losing him for Russia, or do you uh, possibly put somebody else in there? Because it's not to disrespect New Zealand, but I think you can put in another player in that position to do the job uh but also you might lose rhythm with that you know losing Guardado's rhythm with the team all right well you know what let's just well to finish up well before we go to New Zealand I'm gonna go quick to pretty much answer the question but we were talking about subs earlier and someone mm-hmm. mentioned it today you think maybe Osorio didn't put in Lozano because he was gonna head to PSV for a medical today I mean that that's the only thing I can think of because he was my he was my sub. I mean that that's the guy you, you either leave Cheech or Raul and you put in Lozano. I I can't I couldn't think of another reason why he didn't go in there. Uh, I mean to be honest. I mean that's that's the only one I think of. <laughs> yeah. I mean it wasn't like he got banged up in the games prior. Um, so there was no reason why he didn't go in there. Uh, he's he's the next, your next best hope on the wing without without Corona. So yeah, that was a strange substitution. But uh, well, well, speaking of substitutions, you talk, kind of talked about the next game. Mm-hmm. Um, what differences? What subs would you make? Would you would you risk it and take Guardado out and put someone else in that spot? I mean, it's New Zealand, but it's still it's st- you know you never know. Yeah, you don't know, um, but the way they they played that game, it just felt like they were all on the same page. And I think, you know, you don't you don't want to take Guardado out, but also Russia's going to be the game. That's the big game, man. I mean, let, let's say they lose or even draw. 
to Portugal. I mean, uh, that, that's going to be a massive final game. Um, so I, it, it's hard to say. I, like I said, the one thing I will do is I will keep one of the main strikers on and take one off. Um, and I think you, you have to play Lozano. You had to play Lozano. Um, if he's fit, you know, I think he is. So uh, I think you have to do that, to be honest. And he should be on his way back from uh, his signing. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Yeah. And one thing I do not want to see, I do not want to see any goalie rotations. Oh, please don't. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I mean, you look at Ochoa in the previous game. I mean, he was making the right plays. Um, so I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything there. Hopefully nothing happens there. Um, but if one or two players is taken out, I'm not going to sweat it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm just trying to think of who who else do you take out besides well, I mean Guardado I guess maybe you can save him for a yellow you don't want to get him but I mean do you take Chicharito out put Jimenez up top and let him get the full 90 as the I mean not the full 90 but let him get the time as a center forward and maybe move in Gio so then we have Gio Jimenez and Vela um, possibly, um, you know, looking at, you know, who else we brought, I mean, there's some other guys that can fill in, um, if, but it would have to, you know, or sorry, is going to, would have to change the formation a bit. Um, do you put in Fabian, um, or a guy like Aquino? Has Fabian even played a minute? Since he I, since he came back from Germany, like like two weeks ago, uh, did he play in the friendly? In one of the friendlies, I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure, but um, I mean, if I had to put my ideal three guys up top, it'd be Vela. To be honest, I would give Raúl a shot because um, I think he was a little bit wasted. Uh, his talents were wasted a bit. Um, in the previous game, and then Lozano. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of firepower, to be honest. Um, and then I think, I mean, I want to see Salcedo play, but we might see Arajo in there. Um, yeah, I could see Arajo playing in that. Yeah. But, Do we play Rafa Marquez? I mean... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be... You know, I I don't need it's such a it's such a strange situation with Rafa. It's like um, if there's a game he should play, it'd be I mean, or he would probably be most comfortable. It would be this one coming on Wednesday because I, I'm predicting Mexico's going to have 60 plus percent possession in this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, it, I just. I think you put it. You, you do. You do put in Guardado, but if things start to look dicey, like he's making a few fouls, I think you know you might have to make a, an early sub because I think you need to have your full power for Russia. To be honest, yeah, I can see that. Or at the same time, you can pretty much—I don't want to say pretty much—but you can uh, probably not clinch. But if you get three points against New Zealand. And one of our players can't play against Russia. I don't. I don't really know 
what, but I think if we get we get two next two, no one wants to hear it. If we get two ties, we should be. If we get another win and a tie against Russia, seven. Yeah. I mean, not I mean, seven, but five points. I, I still think this team is talented enough to beat Russia, to be honest. I mean, I, if, when you watch that game against New Zealand, there was a lot of sloppy plays on both ends. Um, so I'm not quite as intimidated, although they are the host, so you never know how the host shows up. Um, and these types of things. And, you know, they got a 2-0 win, but they got to go up against Portugal, who might, you know, that'll be another interesting match. Um, but the good thing is we've got the biggest, one of our biggest games out of the way. And um, the main thing is that it's kind of like you control your own destiny from here on out. Pretty much, but then again, that's how it is at every tournament. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, I mean, if we had that 2-1, or that, that loss, I was like, what a bummer from such a good game. And then heading into New Zealand, it'd be like, I would have a feeling like we would scrape by like a 1-0. But I mean, I've said it on Twitter. I feel like Los Sodios kind of changed that mindset too. It's like, hey, we're down 2-0. That's fine. Let's just keep going. Where in the past, I could have seen Mexico just putting their heads down and just saying, oh, well, we lost this one. Yeah, that that's what I, what I used to say even a few years ago. Like when Mexico would go down a goal, I would always get very nervous. Because we were not threatening, we were never threatening on set pieces. Um, and if you're not, if we're not creating a goal through the, you know, from from just nice passing, and we start resorting to that that crossing routine, it's like I don't see us scoring. But so to see what happened on Sunday, I mean, I was I was pretty pleased with it. Yeah, that was that was just a good game. But um, all right, moving on to New Zealand, we kind of talked about potential changes we'd make uh, i mean you come out you 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 go for the win there's no other thing you have to do you have to get three points That's... and you have to think about goal differential too so i hate this you know to beat them up too much but you kind of have to if you can <laughs> yeah you go you go for the jugular <laughs> simple as that i mean you can't you can't oh we'll just beat them one zero no you might need to beat them two to three two or three to zero yeah, Mexico has the squad. I mean, we beat them with the basically Liga MX All Star couple for the <laughs> yeah. last for the last World Cup spot. Yeah. So I mean, we we we've seen these guys before. So that's but that's a positive is it's not a new face where it's like uh you know where things get dicey. But yeah, I think um, I mean Mexico should be a, a heavy favorite in this one. Agreed. And then they have. On Saturday, they play uh, Mother Russia to end the group. So, mm-hmm. by that point, we'll know what we need to advance. Um, mm-hmm. So, that's should be a little bit... I mean, it's only two groups, so it's not like a... It's not like it's anything where eight groups figure out who we play, who's in this side of the yeah. bracket. Yeah. And so, as of right now, in Group B, Chile is in first with three goals plus two goal difference and Germany's in second with three points and only plus one goal difference. So Mexico is currently in second place. Uh, I, I actually don't know how the hell, I don't know how they're in second place because the tiebreakers, the tiebreakers are goal difference, goal scored and head to head. And that's all two with Portugal. So whatever Mexico's in second slash third place right now. So yeah, it's a, it's a tie there. Yeah. 
Uh, well, moving on to some stuff that happened off the field. Um, a couple transfers. We finally have confirmed transfers. Um, finally. Yeah. Out of the blue. I don't even remember this even being mentioned. It just kind of... I woke up and it was there. But um, we have Hector Moreno going to AS Roma. Yes. <laughs> Any quick thoughts on that? Uh, love the move. It's a fantastic move. But... Uh, never saw that coming. Osorio said he knew about it a week ago, a week before it happened. <laughs> I mean, usually, you know... You hear some rumors, even if they're um, dumb. Even if even if I heard a Hector Moreno Roma rumor, I would be like, ah, whatever. But I would at least heard of it. I just woke up and it's like, boom, There's there's this, he's holding up the jersey. Hey, what, like I said, it's not official, so they're holding that jersey. And, uh... I was pleasantly surprised that that's his new destination. Um, but yeah, you you usually hear one, you know, whisper, you know, a whispering of, oh yeah, you know, this, you know, there's an Italian club eyeing uh, Moreno, and I'm like, uh, I never heard anything. <laughs> and moving on to Salcedo at Frankfurt, this is actually a long rumor. Before he went with Fiorentina, I think I heard. Frankfurt with one of one of the two or three Bundesliga clubs that were looking at him. So this, even though it just was announced, I kind of feel like we had some sense of that there was some interest from him in from Germany. So it wasn't mm-hmm. as just out of the blue. But I mean, just so people know, they played a 20-year-old from Real Madrid on loan, and he started about 25 games at center back. So so look for Salcido to just step right into that spot. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, he's, he's gonna meet up with uh, Marco Fabian. Yeah. Uh- I have no no problems with this one either. Uh, kind of a bummer what happened uh, in Italy. We we saw him playing a lot and then kind of tapered off a bit. Then he would get a few minutes and here and right and he would they, they would put him at right back too. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean he um, he kind of struggled, but at the same time he was playing right back in Serie A, a position he never yeah, really played. I, I think in his last game he had an assist. So, I mean... He left uh, on a good note. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's another. That's going to be another fun watch because, you know, with, with the interest in the Bundesliga and now he's got a teammate with Marco Fabian, it's just, it just adds to the interest, you know, and for, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. Yep, and those games are on Fox Sports 1, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. And, well, this just announced today, Losano to PSV finally confirmed he held the jersey up. It was official. It was official, and the 35 rumors over the past six months are finally over. <laughs> like, the most bizarre things I've ever heard. I'm just glad it's over. He's got He's got a home. But I did find one thing weird. So the fee mm. was agreed to. The medical happened. He he flew from Russia to Holland. I'm not sure how long the flight is, but I'm sure it kind of messed up with the plans for the game on Wednesday, and he still didn't sign the contract. Oh, really? Yeah, the contract was agreed to, but not signed. Uh, uh, that's, that's news to me. Yeah, you have to read it, and that's just what it says. It was agreed to, but he will sign it after he gets back from Confederations Cup when they start prepping for Europa League playoffs. Huh. That's interesting. Well, <laughs> that, 
That's a curveball. Why might we might have a DeAndre Jordan situation? I don't know. Uh, uh, let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the deal is he is PSV's player. Um, I the numbers I keep hearing are that Pachuca is going to keep between thirty to forty percent of his rights. Mm-hmm. So I keep hearing I keep hearing like the valuation was about twenty around twenty million euros. So I guess. PSV yeah. probably played it paid about sixty to seventy percent of that, so anything from twelve to fourteen million they actually paid. So, I I think this is the best of both worlds, and I've said this before. I mean, he goes to a league where he's going to keep playing, developing, and keep playing. That's the most important thing. And going to Man City and then being loaned out seven times is not ideal. I didn't understand that at all. I, that that made no sense to me. Why that that rumor? Well, the rumor made sense because that's what Chelsea's been doing. They, but Chelsea has been Chelsea has been buying younger prospects for less than ten million euros. Like, I it didn't make any sense to me because they're going to buy Lozano twenty something twenty twenty two million dollars, and it's like, yeah, I love Lozano. How much more expensive is he going to get? Yeah. So that didn't make any sense to me. I mean, if they would have bought him a year and a half ago when his fee was probably like eight to ten million or something, okay, mm-hmm. you could probably flip him, loan him out for a couple of years, but. At this point, that deal didn't seem too much. Didn't make too much sense to me, but you know, it's it's just one of those deals. But now, I guess he's just PSV's player, and I guess the rumor is that well, not the rumor, but Pachuca's sporting director said that there was a bigger economic offer from La Liga, but Lozano wanted to go to PSV. Who do you think that w- would have been? Uh, who who's uh, interested? Well, I mean, there's always a uh, Salta Vigo. That was the main one. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. That's even more interesting. Yeah, so I, he didn't come on and say it, but that's who I think it probably was. Yeah, and just a his flight was a probably three hours today. That's why I just I just did a little checkup on. So a three hour flight and he's three hours back. So he flew three hours, was probably there for three to four hours, and then flew back. Mm-hmm. I guess not the end of the world, but eh. all right. Well, I'm just happy he's he's official, quote unquote official, because like I said, well, he didn't he sign was, the contract. He was in he was in the he was in the Netherlands and he was wearing a jersey that's about as good as it's as it's, as it's gonna get. It was a training no, jersey. It was a training jersey. A uh, true, true. Uh, hopefully, it's not. Yeah, there's no curveballs after this. Yeah. Well. Well, what about um, the latest rumor? It's been confirmed, quote-unquote, three or four times, just like his move to Atlanta United. But uh, Guardado to MLS signing specifically with LAFC. I've, I saw a couple things on it a couple days ago, and I've heard nothing since. Uh, do you know uh, anything? I, I think there was an update where he said he was approached, but he's not done any legitimate discussion. But then again, that might mean nothing. You know. True. So I, I think I saw the salary of being like what six to eight million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I something tells me he stays in. Uh, he stays until at least next year. I mean, wasn't there a quote from him recently? I mean, I, I could have been just daydreaming, but I swear there's a quote where he, they were talking about Lozano to PSV, and he said, "Oh, I would love to play with him." 
at, at PSV. So that would be weird to say that if you're in negotiations. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't believe anything when it comes to transfers, like you said, until they're holding the jersey. Legitimately, yes. And then, you know, uh, since one of our uh, stars of the Portugal game, any updates with our man Ochoa? ESPN Deportes a couple weeks ago said that he's going to go to Celta Viga, same club that was after Lozano, which, I mean, makes sense. They're like a mid-tier La Liga club, which is kind of where he's at right now. So I think yeah. he's under contract for one more year, but he's not going to play at Granada. So Yeah, um, well, he needs to get out of there. Oh. And just so everyone knows, Erin's aware, he does have a EU passport now. So Finally, yes. Uh, that kind of opens up some more doors. He doesn't take up a quote-unquote foreigner spot now. So he can go back but, to France if he wants. I mean, he's got the EU passport. That's going to help him a lot. Yeah, people got, you know, a little rumor, not rumors, but, you know, talks, because he had a recent uh, social media post in French. So people were like, ooh, oh, man, maybe he's got contacts with a, a French team. So I was like, well, I wouldn't mind it, because <laughs> he got a barrage of goals at him and uh, with such a very weak defense in the past year. I don't think, you know, I think it's about time this guy gets a, 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 a decent team just you know, because we can see we've seen what he's been able to do. That defense was atrocious, man. That was like Liga Essential. Like that was just bad. His it defense that was. he had. Yeah. All right. Well, Mexico plays Wednesday, and they got the Saturday game against Russia. Um, any final thoughts before we? Any final thoughts on Mexico Portugal? Um. Nope. Just glad they got the point. Uh, I thought they really deserved it. Uh, they played very well, and you know it's unfortunate the goals that went in. But um, I, I, I hope in this tournament, unlike last, you start on a pretty good good note. But I think they're going to work. These guys have a little bit of a better fire under them, um, so I think uh, we're going to see some better football from this team. Yeah, I totally agree. I have confidence in them. I mean. <sighs> gotta be finals or bust with this team hey all you need to do is get out of that group stage and we hey 2009 and no one had usa usa beating spain you know what i mean just get out of that group stage pretty much it's only eight team tournament um yeah uh i mean yeah i agree with everything you're saying i mean any more you see any more transfers coming well actually we didn't even touch on two guys that just out of the blue, went to a Rangers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I still can't uh, believe it's true. <laughs> you have to, like, rethink about it. And then um, um, Herrera. Yeah, Lalo and Gula Pena going to Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Gula Pena makes sense because the last time he was any good was when he was with Caixinha at Santo. So I can see that. I mean, the Scottish League... Is below, I mean, everyone that says it's below the Mexican, the Mexican yeah. league in terms of competitiveness. And I think Lalo could bang in some goals. He's tall. He's strong. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I see them doing well. I mean, <laughs> it'd be kind of crazy to see the rebirth of uh, Gula Pena. It's really interesting when you like look at like people like from that are you know Rangers fans. It's like, okay, how do they? How good are these guys? And I'm like, well, I mean. <laughs> 
it depends. Like they might get in there and just absolutely destroy, or you know, they might just be such a a change of culture and just everything where it's just they don't get off the right foot. But uh, I think I'm optimistic, to be honest. Same. Like I said, it's a Scottish league. It's not like they're going to the EPL. Um, And they have a manager who has confidence in them. That's one thing that people don't really realize when someone goes over to Europe. I remember when Gio went over to Europe, people were hyped up because he's going to Tottenham. I mean, he was in Europe, but he went from Barcelona to Tottenham. People were, like, really excited. But then his coach got fired, like, a month after he got there. So you kind of need... Those were hard memories. You kind of need things... You know, you need someone to fight for you. And Kashina is fighting for these guys. He wanted them, so and he got them. So he's going to give them every opportunity to play. If they don't... If they don't play, if they don't play well, it's not going to be because they didn't get the chance. Right. Um, oh, speaking of, you know, European, uh, Mexican, Mexicans in, in Europe, was our, our starting 11 entirely made up of European-based players against Portugal? Um, I believe so. Against Portugal? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the starting, the starting, not the substitutions. Oh. Uh, let's see. I believe you are correct. Yes, everyone's every single one's European based. Um, yeah, every single one. And then we brought in Arajo. Yeah. And then we brought in Peralta and Gio. But yeah, the eleven was all from Europe. So I'm not sure how often that's happened, but I know it's not. It's not. It doesn't happen too often. No. So. All right. Yeah. It's. I didn't even think about that. That was that's that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Something you think it's gonna happen eventually, but usually we get like one or two. Yeah. I mean, who looking at this team, who would you start that isn't from Europe? I mean, um, I guess you can't count Losano because Losano is at PSV technically. Right. I think. I think maybe you can argue uh, argue um, Arajo. Aquino, Arajo. Arajo or Aquino maybe. Yeah. Um, because I don't see I don't see Jurgen Dam starting anywhere. Um, yeah, to be honest, this is pretty as it's pretty much uh, the starting guys are going to be European based. Yep, and that's that's awesome. I remember when we had two or three European players, and even, even those two or three guys weren't really playing. I mean, right? People might forget, but Gio never played at Tottenham, and yet he was an. It was never a question he was going to start for Mexico. Mm-hmm. It right. was never a question. It was like, oh, just pencil Gio in, even though he's literally only seen training minutes, or maybe he was playing like some second division team on loan, not even really right. playing that much, but he was always an automatic starter. Same thing with Vela when he wasn't playing at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was rough. All right, well, that's, I mean, this is it for now. We'll see. We'll hopefully, maybe we'll reconnect after the New Zealand win. But uh, where can we find you at, Brian? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Brian RMW, and then of course, um, my articles are at the stoppage time. So just any of those two, you can see me talking football as usual. Real quick, on not football related, but how do you feel about the Cavs? Yeah, that was that was a rough one. Hey man, um, the Warriors were. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how you guys won that one game. Well. They really messed up the game three. Game three, you should have won. Game three, you should have yeah. won. Uh, I thought they were gonna. I thought. I thought the bench was going to step up a lot more. I thought, you know, 
Deron Williams and Horver. I thought they were going to play better, and they just were absolutely invisible. Tristan Thompson was atrocious. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Warriors were just absolutely unstoppable, to be honest. <laughs> when they won Game 3, I was like, this is over. But you know what? Props yeah. for getting Game 5 at home. Yeah. I mean, better than a full sweep. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, if, if people ever say this is one of the best dynasties, you can ever say, hey, we took a game from them, even though we probably yeah. shouldn't have. I just, I'm, I'm just sour because it feels like I couldn't even fully celebrate the championship because it seemed like right after they won, it's like, oh, yeah, Durant chooses choose Golden State. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I couldn't even celebrate it. So basically we have, to, we have the Cavs to blame for the Warriors being amazing and replacing Harrison Barnes with Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the uh, double-edged sword there. Yep. Well, you guys can find me at the Colorful Kit, and I want to give a shout-out to uh, World Football Index for adding us to their uh, podcast feed. So give them a follow at World Football I, the letter I, on Twitter. So thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Yeah.